and welcome to another episode of the Tentacle Bot Podcast. And as you can tell, once again, that is not Matt's voice. No, it is not Matt's voice. Because Matt got sick. Matt, Matt is a weakling. Yeah, Matt, Matt was supposed to be here. Unfortunately, he is sick, so we hope he feels better. But uh, in the meantime, I do have Christian helping fill in. And uh, Christian, what album are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about Iridescent from Slant Plan. Silent Planet, yes. Uh, Silent Planet is going to be Garrett Russell, Gart, Dad, all these wonderful names for him. I love him so much. Yes. Uh, he's going to be on lead vocals, and he also plays guitar on a couple of the songs here. Thomas Freckleton on bass, keyboards, and clean vocals. Mitchell Stark on guitars and clean vocals. And Alex Camarana on drums. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Christian, introduce yourself first, so we don't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so my name is Christian. I, uh, I am a uh, musician, writer, etc. I do a lot of things. I'm in a band called OK at Best. I wrote a book called Split Soul. That's, that's, that's kind of it. You've seen my entire life now. Good enough. What were your first thoughts on the album? Uh, so it was very weird because like, this is one of those albums that really grew on me over time. It was one of those things to where at first, like, my rating definitely changed the more and more like I got into it. Mm-hmm. But at first, I remember it was 1 a.m. I was eating a bowl of cereal. And I was like, I should probably listen to this because Gabe asked me to be on this podcast to talk about this. And uh, I listened to the entire thing in one sitting. And I was like, wow, this is a really solid release. And uh, it's very, very, very good. From Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of my boat as well. It Just everything about it, it was Silent Planet, but Silent Planet growing. Yeah. And I, I really appreciated that about it. Like, there's so many different parts to unpack about, about this album, like, all the instrumentals, there's so much to unpack. All the lyrics, there's so much to unpack. The way Garrett's changed the screaming, it's just or even really just solid. The amount of experimenting that went on in this album. Uh, exactly. And like, well, that's a good, probably a good way to go ahead and bridge into that. Why don't you talk about like the musical impressions on the album? So that was a whole thing. Is that uh, So Garrett played rhythm guitar on specifically Terminal. Um, we had Mitch Stark sing on that one as well. Garrett actually sang on a few songs versus just screaming. We got kind of like that yell scream on a few songs, mm-hmm. too. Uh, the dad yells. Oh, yeah, the dad yells. Um, but there's also lots of uh, like actual just him like softly singing into the microphone, and I think a couple tracks in there as well. It's uh, a very different approach to their music as opposed to what they've done beforehand because even their songs feel a little bit less technical at times. Versus just Mitch absolutely hammering away at his guitar like it's, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah they, they, it seemed like they kind of took more of a, uh, more of just like an actual focus on the process. And I don't, I don't want this to seem like they haven't done this before, but like more of like the actual process of the music instead of the technicality of it. Yeah. While still incorporating the technicality. Yeah, like there's there's definitely some parts in there that are like, wow, I want to grab my guitar and learn this right now, and then I remember that I don't have own a, I don't own a baritone or a seven string. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, this album just was heavy. Heavy. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, Angry. Yeah. The, 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 if, if I were to sum it up musically, like it was just going to be heavy and angry, but then <laughs> moving into the lyrics, it changes up very much, where it's really more desperate, frantic, and uh, redeemed almost. Uh, I would say a good two-thirds of it is hopeless. Oh, absolutely, yes. And it changes its note halfway th- about that last third, that mm-hmm. last leg in there. It becomes a little more helpful. Yeah, basically but after liminal. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. That's that's kind of where it all changes. Yeah, the um, the lyrics on this one, like any Silent Planet record, are like extremely heavy, extremely well thought out. And um, Garrett is honestly one of my favorite songwriters in terms of I- in that regard. It's He writes in such a way that most bands don't. 
I, I think it's almost like, so one of the huge things that they've always done that's always impressed me is every single one of their albums had a central theme or concept to it. Not in the sense of it being like a concept album, but everything was thematic. Mm-hmm. Um, like The Night God Slept was always, like every single one of those songs was the perspective of a woman, uh, mythological, historical, or otherwise. Um, everything with sound was the Enneagram. Uh, when the End Began is the bad one. And now we have uh, <laughs> Iridescent, which is... Uh, a, con- a strong contender for possibly their best album so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, the, yeah, just just some of the lyrics on this one just like really hit different. Oh, that's that's one way to put it. That <laughs> is one way to put it. Yeah, the uh, the lyrical content on this one is extremely heavy. Uh, a lot of it details Garrett's personal life and uh, some of the struggles that he went through twenty nineteen and twenty twenty with his uh, his struggles with his mental illnesses, and uh, it is really felt in these songs Mm -hmm. like yeah some of them can be interpreted differently but like that's kind of like the central concept behind them and uh it it is a heavy read when you're looking at these things through that lens yeah i like to think that over the course of the album there's almost three periods in time like to identify here we kind of mentioned it that like after liminal everything becomes more helpful but if you look at all the songs there's almost like a certain order they're supposed to go in of course but like uh, so for those that don't know, just a little bit of backstory as to what the uh, the album in in particular is about. Um, in 2019, Garrett released a thing on his on their Facebook saying that he had actually uh, they never canceled the show before, yet they canceled their entire European tour because Garrett, uh, quote unquote, was being a danger to himself and others. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he got checked into a mental hospital, and uh, that's where we get uh, the entire album pretty much. Basically, just, yeah. Um, if I had to sum up what the lyrical content feels like, it feels like Garrett like bit off the ends of his fingers, then painted them onto the walls of an insane asylum. Yeah, That's basically. But uh, before we jump into the uh, album breakdown, let's go ahead and uh, talk about the album artwork on this one here. Um, it's it's pretty. Oh, it's super pretty. Uh, basically, on this one here, we have a uh, what, what appears to be a small figure of a man in kind of like this weird abalone kind of shell-looking uh, color scheme to it. What I believe it actually is is the Virgin Mary. Is that what it is? Yeah, I okay. believe it's the, a, a statue of the Virgin Mary. And then uh, surrounded by basically just like a giant colorscape, uh, almost like a splatter vinyl would look like. Yeah. And just kind of has an overall iridescent look. yeah that is that is exactly how i'd put it too uh do you know who uh did the artwork for that because i don't i have absolutely no idea unfortunately the the finding album artwork unless like i am able to go out and buy every single album that i do isn't freaking possible like every (laughs) once in a while i'm able to find it especially if it's a big band like when we did our iron maiden record and stuff like that but yeah for for smaller artists like these unfortunately i just can't find them and it's all right. Well, it's a rough go, boys. We'll, we'll just we'll just credit Photoshop then for the uh, Virgin Mary with what looks like a splatter vinyl. Yeah, and inevitably somebody who's a fan of Silent Planet will be able to uh, call me out on it later, and I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, I know. I'd rather be called out on things that I'm wrong on so they can fix that. Uh, please message Tentacle Bop and uh, tell Gabe that he is wrong. Yeah, basically. But with that being said, we'll go ahead and jump into the album breakdown, uh, breaking down the track by track. So first off, we start off with 112 or 112, which is going to be an instrumental song. Yeah, it's just kind of uh, the build-up. I feel like if there is anything to encapsulate the way that this album feels in a microcosm that is about a minute, uh, it would just be this opening song. Like, it's just heavy, foreboding, and it's just kind of like... it. 
you know it's about to kick you in the face. It's like, what's that one joke about how pop punk bands, when the song starts with them plugging in the instruments? Yeah. <laughs> you know they're going to absolutely demolish you. Yeah, when a, when a metal album starts with a with like a minute long, like just, te- like, I, I want to say technical in the sense of like, it just sounds like a bunch of machines, like kind of being destroyed. Yeah, like the uh, the feedback from guitars and kind of these yeah. weird static waves and, and kind of things like that, yeah. And th- this time they chose rain and then that. So, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite things about this. So, one one two. The the actual title of it is an emergency services number in most of uh, most European countries. Huh. That I did not know. Which is uh, just kind of interesting, given like where the album begins to stem from. But uh, then after one one two, we uh, go straight into translate the night with a very seamless transition. Oh, oh, oh. and right off the bat too, it's just. Now this song, I originally thought it was like for me personally like one of the weakest on the on the actual record. And then now now I find myself like and jamming to it. And then you listen to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> more than once because at first I was just like, wow, this is this is what Sonic Plans doing now and I'm like, yep, this is what they're doing. I hate my old me of like of like 5 days ago. Mhm. Yeah, the this one here like it it starts off the album like in such a way where you like you know what to expect from the album at this point mm-hmm. uh, and kind of like what they're doing obviously they're going to be doing a lot of different things throughout the course uh, of the next 10 tracks or however many uh but man that ending breakdown <laughs> <laughs> i want it to be longer so bad that is yep. the only thing it hits garrett lets out like what is probably like what 15 20 seconds of just his most guttural his most brutal yeah it, it is the lowest I've ever heard Garrett go besides like his ending breakdown on trilogy, which is basically the same. Yeah. The man just plays limbo with his own voice and he definitely demolished my ears. That's for sure. Absolutely. It it was a phenomenal, phenomenal breakdown to it. Like the whole track really just kind of cuts loose. It kind of sets forth that apocalyptic vibe that they kind of have going for the beginning uh, tracks Mm -hmm. on this album. And I, I, I love it. It feels almost apocalyptic, less in like a political sense, and more like a mental sense, though. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's so abysmal. It, it's like, acknowledging kind of like the demise of, of your sanity around you, kind of thing. Yeah. Instead of just uh, some sort of political fallout or nuclear fallout or anything like that. It, yeah. This, it feel really feels like you're having an anxiety attack, especially with that very beginning with the way that those drums come in, and we have kind of like the swelling on the guitars in the background. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Garrett just kind of cutting loose, and then just like translate the night going into the the main riff and just going all out i really really want to talk about some of the lyrics over the course of this album especially because that's always been one of the limelights of this band Mm -hmm. and the very opening line of the song being i try to speak but some thoughts are too loud for words like if it was anyone other than garrett that belongs in like an eighth grade notebook (laughs) but like this is garrett talking and knowing what he's been through it's like oh so that's what we're in for like yeah but like even then like that yes but then the following lines like just really kind of help put it in place too like my lungs collapse into the cadence of earth so read between the exit wounds and everything alone i'll taste a spit and translate the night like hot dang <laughs> that's a hot tamale of a line that is a stanza <laughs> and that's how he starts the album like that's just how if it feels like he knew that this album needed to kick in the door and then he decided to just like you said, cut loose, not just vocally with his performance, which is so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, and that's the thing to note, too, that over the course of the pandemic, too, that Garrick learned how to scream properly. 
And not to say that his screams weren't good beforehand, but like they just amped up to eleven this go round. And it's I, I'm I'm excited for that because A, it sounds phenomenal, and B, it just means the longevity of his voice is gonna be increased due to that. Oh yeah. Meaning that we'll get more Garrett screams. Oh hopefully. yeah. And especially because like I mentioned earlier with the whole him singing and doing the whole yell scream thing, this is Garrett at his most technically proficient. Absolutely. And it is amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I I saw Silent Planet like right when they first released Last Sleep, which is like their EP before Night God Slept. Mm-hmm. And I thought his screams were phenomenal there. It, it was one of those things. It was a very kind of um, entrancing experience to be able to see them that first time. And that's really kind of like where everybody comes in at because mm-hmm. they get to experience them in this very personal setting. And to see where he's come, come from, from Last Sleep to this, it's just kind of like really a, really a pleasure. Oh, yeah. And especially because, like, for instance, uh, the oldest thing I've seen of theirs, of like a live performance... Uh, there's an audio tree live uh, performance they did in I think 2015, mm-hmm. and Garrett was sick for it. Jeez. And so you can hear it in his voice, like he's just struggling the whole way through. But like watching some of his live clips in like 2021 with him just going all out with like, you know, just on stage doing trilogy. Like, dude, what I think it was that really catalyzed his ability to perform. Uh, no joke. Uh, I was told it was him playing with uh, August Burns Red because mm-hmm. uh, he sat there and just got to interview Jake and like that man is a monster. Yeah. And ever since then, like you can see it like Garrett went from being like already monstrous to like the man. He sounds like the boogeyman has nightmares of Garrett <laughs> now. Uh, but with, with that mention of trilogy there, let's go ahead and jump into that, uh, which is going to be the next the third track on the album trilogy, which is the. Ironically, kind of like the beginning of a trilogy in the album itself. Yeah, so uh, that trilogy being, uh, well, of course, trilogy, and then Panopticon and Terminal. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, they released, the, uh, or well, I don't know when this comes out, but when we're recording this, as of yesterday, they released the uh, music video for Panopticon and finished the trilogy. Um, but trilogy in and of itself, I, I have a really hard time saying it's my favorite track on the album because the entire album feels like one big long thing. Mm -hmm. But that breakdown at the end is transcendental. Yeah, it's just like he he leads in like just kind of with the the almost, I don't want to say stereotypical, but like the reminiscent of early metalcore where it's got like those breakdown lines going into it. It's always read the static in my head before it goes in just this devastating breakdown at the end. Yeah. They they just slow down the tempo. I and not only that, but like everything that went into this song, especially it's not just the breakdown, but like I feel like if if I was to show someone or someone asked me like what is Silent Planet, like this is the this is like the most defined track they have that is like mm-hmm. here this is it, that or Panic Room, but like this song is just it's it's like you got to see every single aspect of the band doing what they do best. Yeah, like we have phenomenal guitar lines, we have phenomenal drumming, we have Garrett obviously doing Garrett things. Uh, Thomas's singing is phenomenal on this, and mm-hmm. like everything about it, it just from beginning to end is a phenomenal track. It's not my favorite on the album, and that's just a personal thing. It's still a phenomenal track, and like you mm-hmm. said, it is kind of like the quintessential Silent Planet song. Yeah. And I'm just a huge fan of those big, slow, open, almost ballady choruses. Mm-hmm. And that's just what this one has. Like, every single time I hear it, I'm just like, yes. And then I put the song on repeat for the next like, 30 minutes. Exactly. Um, then uh, from here, we'll go ahead and move into Second Son, 
Uh, this one seems to be a really big fan favorite, uh, especially in like the uh, the Silent Planet Depths posting for lovers group uh, that I'm a part of on Facebook. Uh, so shout out to that group. They're they're a bunch of cool dudes and dudettes. But uh, yeah, this song, I like this song a lot. Oh, me too. Uh, this it is... kind of reminds me of uh, Left You Behind by, uh, oh shoot, what's that band? Uh, Stick to Your Guns. It's got like a very kind of slow brooding. Like they did not, Stick to Your Guns, when they did that song, they did not do it in a Stick to Your Guns fashion. Like it was a very kind of slow brooding kind of fashion of it. And this one here kind of has those same vibes, although this is significantly heavier and significantly better. Oh, yeah. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is where some of the political anxiety also starts to come in a little bit. But this, uh, but this kind of like plays in a little bit more into what I was saying, how the album takes place in three different like time periods. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is definitely about Garrett being inside the mental hospital, and like, there's one line in particular they want to draw some attention to, and that is, "Why do I haunt my body?" Mm-hmm. And I realize what he's talking about there. Um, is kind of like he almost feels bad for his physical self mm-hmm. and not just like in a spiritual sense that like he feels as though his body is tied to like such a like cursed and like decrepit being that is his soul, especially yeah. during this time in his life where it's just so dark and heavy and depressing. Yeah, and especially like the lines, the stay and count the ghosts with me, the ghosts with me, they might haunt, but they won't bleed. I'll ask the dead, what can you save? You'll bite your lip to make me stay with you in sweet debris, committing myself to memories. And it's just... Every, every little bit of this song. Yeah, like, every line is phenomenal in this song. Um, this is probably a close second on my favorites list, uh, just because I, everything about this song is fantastic. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, I... I'm like, wide awake underneath it all. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that, ev- that especially it makes me like. It really, it really paints the image of his mental illness and kind of that weird separation of of mind and body. Yeah, and it is in a very. I don't want to say grotesque way, but in in a very um, defined way, I guess would be the better way to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very defined way of kind of that self realization, and. As somebody with mental illnesses, I don't like it (laughs) because I don't like becoming self-aware about that. I prefer to defer my issues. (laughs) Yeah, no. Or even like how he said, uh, I'm wide awake. I'm coming clean. We made our peace with make believe. Mm -hmm. Like there's this whole thing that I feel like he's trying to say there that like a lot of people who aren't like super, you know, uh, smart or wise think that mental illness is like. A ma- like a make-believe thing like yeah. oh it's just inside your head and it's like okay well then i mean why are brains like physically different when mental illness is like a thing like mm-hmm. so it's it's just one of those things to where looking at this album i feel like this is again another like while trilogy is the quintessential silent planet like song this is one of the most quintessential songs on this album yeah absolutely it is it, is. it, it has so much going into it and coming out of it and there's so much momentum from this song especially because it's like the album starts to pick up steam which is so weird saying because of how insane it's already been at this point mm-hmm. that it's just only getting worse at this point it, it, better <laughs> well yeah i mean worse in a better sense yes I like understand. it's yeah yeah. Um, then from there we move into Panopticon, which honestly is the Ooh, it takes the cake for my favorite boy. song on the album. Oh boy! 
this 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 song is just doom eternal music it it really is so panopticon um for those unaware the uh, actual definition of it is uh basically the uh, a large tower in a prison where you can't see into it they can see out of it and so you never know truly if you're being watched in in a prison cell and this song just i i get the image <laughs> of trilogy being before the mental hospital uh and then Garrett now being inside of it and like the and constant anxiety of not knowing if he's being watched because like I've talked to people that have been inside of mental hospitals and they say like you literally the only place that you don't you go that there isn't a camera is like a bathroom mm-hmm. that's it and even there like they they uh almost kid proof everything because like they don't want you to hurt yourself on anything mm-hmm. and it's like to get that image in my head of like, cause obviously this song list has two meanings of just the constant surveillance of what I feel like was in like said mental hospital, but also just like the anxiety of being in the digital age. I was actually, uh, on the, on the music video, there's this YouTube comment that was super funny. That was just like, uh, mommy, why is the barefoot guy screaming at me about how <laughs> like, <laughs> So for those unaware, uh, <laughs> I, I've never personally seen Garrett wear shoes. Me neither. Ever, uh, in, in any instance. So even like obviously, I've seen a lot of, uh, of musicians remove clothes on stage in some fashion. Uh, thank you, scientist, for those that are unaware. Yes, that guy takes off his socks. He did. Yeah, there, there's that one. Garrett never wears shoes. And when I met him after the when they were releasing Last Sleep, uh, when I met him afterwards, uh, no shoes still. And I'm like, you are brave person because when i saw him it was in the nile underground here in arizona that's a sticky venue especially at that time because it was like august or something like that look man (laughs) you are you are immune to coronavirus if you've been in a metal show bathroom yep and i (laughs) avoid them like the plague (laughs) pun intended anyway so yeah panopticon one of the cool things about it is um all the guitars are bare uh bass guitars and it's heard because this song is stupid heavy Oh, dude! Again, Doom Eternal. Yeah, it it, it really Garrett is. is the, except, Garrett is the final boss of this album. Except nothing that that uh, what is it? Mick. What's the guy's name from? The guy from Slipknot. Uh, good question. Mick something. Who, who whoever. Sorry. Okay, I looked it up, so I don't sound like an idiot. Mick Thompson from Slipknot. He's the one who actually did the Doom Eternal tracks. Mm. He couldn't write anything this good. No, he could not. <laughs> Never. Because th- th- this was just so good. And um, yeah, exactly. It, this song from beginning to end is just phenomenal. I love it so much. The outro is just otherworldly. It's yeah, uh, unto us a program is born. Holy virus taker of earth. Oh, dude, like <laughs> those lyrics are so good. It just the rest of the song, like, it has this very kind of um, not post apocalyptic, but kind of like this very uh, tech driven kind of concept yeah, behind it. So like shut down the system, burn away the veil, what waits a face behind a face behind a face, reverse the network, burn away the veil, you'll find a face behind a face behind a face. Which if it wasn't Silent Planet, I would mistake that for like that hacker speech that's an like NBC stuff. Yeah, yeah, the uh <laughs> Max Headroom or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, rotate the Z axis, enhance image. Yep, I- exactly. The, yeah, the, the song is phenomenal. Uh from there we move into track six, which is gonna be the sound of sleep. Why don't you go ahead and start us off? All on right. This one? Now this one is one of my favorites. Uh, so one of the things I feel like we haven't talked too much about is uh, the incorporation of like a lot of the synthy stuff they put on this this uh, album mm-hmm. so far. 
And this is one of the songs that strongly benefited from it because I feel like towards the end there, they just went like, what if we took like a melody from like Metroid or something and just <laughs> threw it right into the mix? Because it's like, I literally sat there and was like, wow, I'm fighting alien demon monsters in my sleep. And like, again, if they said like video games were their biggest influence to this album, like The Sound of Sleep and Panopticon are the obvious fruit of that. Like, it, Honestly, Trilogy too, like with the way that song starts. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's got like that kind of like a Nintendo kind of like running in a, a bossing kind of feel oh, to it. Except you know with much better sound quality, but yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, for me, like aside from the uh, the lyrical content on this one, this one's kind of forgettable for me. Fair enough. It just when I'm listening to this album, this one is really one of the few that doesn't like just strike out at me. Yeah, especially because like I've listened to this album so many times in the sense of it being one piece of art. Just why for me, like I have a hard time like saying what is a strong track and what is a weak one because the entire album is so strong. I- exactly, and Matt and I have discussed this many times before. Like on a really good album, there's always going to be those low points. Mm-hmm. This is just one of the low points for me. Uh, this one though, I want to point out again, like highlight some of the lyrics here. Towards the very end, uh, he says, "Cinch me up with shards of glass. I'm sung to sleep by cars that crash. About a gods that damn me back and spun my spine to hear it snap." Mm-hmm. And if that isn't like the edgiest Dr. Seuss poem ever. <laughs> yeah, um, and also just kind of some additional information on this one here. The, the lyrics on this one are about some drugs uh, that his uh, mind reacted to and the medication um, that just gave the general sense of paranoia and dread that took over his world for a while, uh, according to a tweet that he had put. Mm. Um, it, this was also one that when he had said it, the song is part of a longer story, just to contextualize it. It's a dark place for me, but this isn't the last song. And then he finishes it with the heart emoji. Yeah. Love you too, Gar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, Gar is like the most wholesome person ever. Yeah, he, he is by far like one of the most memorable musicians that I've ever met. Uh, he's just such a nice dude. He Was it the bare feet for you? And not even that. Like, <laughs> I, I recognize that, but <laughs> no, it, it was just one of those things where like I felt like when I was having my conversation with him, it was fully intentional. And I know that it was eight years ago, but I still feel like at the same time, like he would probably try and remember me I, I would never expect him to oh no never but he would try to remember me like, he's just that kind of person and i respect that i mean one of the things he said in his tweets is that like how so another thing on this album uh they broke a million album streams within like the first three days of releasing the album which is like unheard of for them like they they really yeah, no. kind of lowered their expectations on this and they just thought it was going to be another album release so they didn't want to get themselves hyped up mm-hmm. and they were blown away by this and yeah i think that's super awesome for them i feel like that's a good time to talk about that as well just because like because like twitter is the best place to learn what silent planet songs are about specifically garrett's yeah i know and, and the long going battle between tentacle bop and twitter i think it's finally going to happen at some point but uh <laughs> we're gonna have to do it i have to wage war i know get out the tentacle weapons i'm, I'm not waging war against silent planet though i'll get eight with bazookas them. yep <laughs> but yeah do you have anything further on this one uh, so I feel as though I, I, I did a little bit of digging in and on that, uh, um, bow to gods that damn me back and spin my spine to hear it snap line. Um, I think, and don't quote me on this, but I think he's referring to Ephesians six twelve. uh, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the, in the heavenly realms. Um, because especially as he goes into the next track, and I feel like this is a good segue, yeah. uh, Alive is a House Fire, which is the most politically charged on the entire album. But 
Um, one of the things that he talked about a lot, if you go on his Twitter, and I was trying to segue a little bit to this, uh, Garrett, as most people do, hate American politics. Yep. Um, probably a little bit more than most people because, I mean, now he has truly seen the underbelly of it. And as we get into the more politically charged songs on the album, I feel like he he put that line there, especially because he's about to start talking about, like, false idols and things like that in different political things. Um, I feel like it was a very intentional thing that he did. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. I don't know if that was a full-on, like, this is exactly what happened here, but that is what I think happened. Yeah, and then in Alive as a House Fire, we heck the system. <laughs> it's <laughs> So th- th- this is the first uh, Silent Planet song to actually include profanity. Uh, there's not really an explanation that's been released on the specific use of that. However, um, so, so uh, jokes aside, uh, at the ending of the song, Garrett does scream the system over and yeah. over and over and and then decides to break that uh with break the prism and then f the system and yeah like exactly times. and so this one here was leaked months ago underneath the title of the system and mm-hmm. that was when we first heard it and i feel like it kind of helped to sensitize people so they weren't just freaked out by the initial shock kind of like uh, pod was back in the day when they released murdered love mm-hmm. but um yeah with this one here like the entire song is angry angry as all get out it is against the system it is against this whole uh facade of everything that's been built up that we hold on on such a high pedestal that really truly doesn't work for people so in garrett's case it was really about the medical system and how the medical system truly failed him and no amount of doctors no amount of insurances no amount of people would really be able to understand what he's gone through because of what he had to go through with those doctors with those medications with those professionals and as a result of that, his anger towards the system and towards those American politics was heightened for understanding understandable reasons. And I was having a discussion with somebody else about this who was taken aback by their, their use of profanity in this one. And it really kind of boiled down to what I personally feel was a decision because dad doesn't really seem like a, uh, a person who would just throw it out willy nilly. He's very intentional with everything he does. Yeah. I remember I was texting you like he's this, like he's really a poetry machine. Like I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that's like, Oh, Garrett, use the curse word. And it was thongs. Like, mm-hmm. but like all I'm saying is that like, I'm someone who tries to like, I see lyrics as a place to where like, if you're going to use profanity, like there's a, there's a willful intent behind it. Exactly. And, and, and Garrett by, is no gonna, by no means going to be any exception to this one here. With that phrase, there really isn't something that truly carries the weight of what it says mm-hmm. that can be communicated in another way. And I feel like he probably wrestled with that prior to coming out with this. Yeah. And then it finally just settled on, no, there's, there's truly nothing that can express my feelings about this. I'm not doing this in such a way that uh, is trying to be edgy and trying to be cool. I'm trying to do this in such a way that accurately describes the feelings and emotions that I'm that I'm trying to propel here throughout this music, throughout oh, yeah. my art. And I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with it. <laughs> yeah, I I'm gonna have to follow suit on that. that like I've like there's no way that he just decided to get lazy with his writing now of all times, Mm-mm. especially like especially because, with the, like uh, the next half of the album too. Yeah. Like with with the last half here, because I mean we're literally just over the halfway point now. Um, this this album is nothing but like just straight up gas. Yeah, <laughs> it's like pedal to the metal, like Garrett going off the wall the entire time, and like and even to like and 
and not to take any credit away from the instrumentalists here as well, like, all, all I'm saying is that, like, the, there's so much to talk about here lyrically, and I definitely don't want to skip over, like, for instance, just how good of a guitarist Mitch is well, to I mean, play ju- this ju- song. For example, this song is a 9-8. Do you know how hard 9-8 is to play? It's hard! <laughs> Dude, I can't even count it properly because of how... They, they, they do it so seamlessly, too. Like, it's you like, don't feel it. It's 5-8... Or excuse me, five four with an extra eighth note. Yeah, that is terrible. <laughs> like I have, I have made a couple songs in in five four before, but like, bro, it is. Yeah, no, it, it is just disgusting. I love it so much. They do a phenomenal job. This isn't the only song that they use. These really antiquated, very technical uh, time signatures and yeah. weird. Uh, music technicalities i'm just gonna uh, throw a blanket over it and call it that oh they're, they're so mathy yeah and and not like and not like kill switch mathy where it's like they just switch between six eight and four four over that, and over yeah, again see, that doesn't count but like this is like between the buried and me but they do it right because they're That's not just doing it, yeah. it to show it off yeah they're doing it because it makes sense for the freaking song yeah like the entire album because i always feel like whenever you throw in an, an odd time signature it throws people off and if Throwing people off is what you want, and I mean, this album is so abrasive, and like that is the point. Like, yeah. they well, they did it. Like, yeah, like mm. it, it wasn't done to be to show off. It was done for a purpose. And yeah, I feel like that just goes again towards what Silent Planet always does: is they try and do everything they do with a purpose. Yeah, like they're such a willful band. They're so purposeful, and especially as we move on here, uh, do you want to go into Terminal now? Let's do it. Oh boy! So this song features. This song, this song, just before you get started, this song is beautiful. Oh, it's like for gorgeous. a metal song, this song is beautiful. So continue. <laughs> this song, it it kind of is their less tongue in cheek thing about him being a mental asylum. The tagline of the song is probably also the tagline of the album itself. All these pills won't scratch the surface of the cancers in my soul mm-hmm. and my terminal. Every day is an anesthetic, dying young just to grow old in this terminal. So what Garrett is saying here is he's equating his bipolar disorder to a terminal illness. And he feels like he's literally, I mean, from his post in 2019, I get it. Like, he's someone who feels as though he's reaching the end of his life, and he's not even like, what is he, like, how old is he? Not even 30 yet? No, Just I, over don't, 30? I don't think so. He's, he's not old at all. Yeah, like, it's, especially because he's probably brushed with death so many times with him, with no one but himself, like... Like, why else do you need to go to a mental hospital when you're a danger to yourself and others? Like, And for those that don't know, um, there's kind of a post that he had put out. Let me see if I can. Uh, As I took my meds, I watched the world shift around me, and even my own reflection started to shift. I was met by strange visions of imagery and some which was con- congruent with ancient mythology. It was during all of this that I began to wonder if the hopelessness was buried too deep for medications to solve on their own. That's half of that, but that is... <laughs> Yeah, that, that's heavy. Also, he's 31. Uh, anyway. <laughs> and he's still doing all this? Yep. <laughs> well, I guess Josh Scogan's still going. He should stop. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, he and, shouldn't. And I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, like, and with this one here, like... Yeah, like you, like that. That really just wraps kind of everything up. Um, I also want to outline the uh, the outro lyrics on this song. Um, Don't look back, sea of the dead. I turned to salt in a hospital bed, kind of referencing Lot's wife turning back and looking at uh, Sodom and Gomorrah as mm-hmm. they were burning, turning her to salt. Yep. Uh, which is anyway. 
I'm shaking hands with stillborn clocks in this terminal, meaning that like time is just standing still for him. Uh, burn the forest for the splinters. Medicate the witch in me. Drop the bomb and make it winter in this terminal. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Mental apocalypse, guys. Yeah, it, it's it's. I I I just feel like I keep saying it's so good, it's so fantastic, but I just don't feel like I can properly. There's no other words. Like, ar- articulate it well enough to to really just complete how I feel about this album. There is a reason why this album broke three million streams in its first like three days. Like it's just so good. Yeah, like if absolutely you're, it is. Like if you're here and you haven't listened to it yet, like you need to stop and then immediately listen to especially this song. Like well, yeah, I don't know about stop in the middle of it because you know, like we gotta keep up numbers and streams and stuff like that, and that kind of messes with them. But do it after you listen to it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that or trilogy. But like again, so this wraps up the trilogy in the album. Um, this is kind of like that final initial defeat of just Garrett accepting that this is his life, that this is reality for him. And it's like, I have this disorder and like, it's slowly killing me. Like I have this terminal illness that is just a mental disorder. And that is so incredibly sad. Like, yeah. Uh, and then from there, it just drops into liminal, which is this very low, just break on the album. Yeah. And I don't feel like it could have been placed any better. Yeah. This like, is, this is exactly where you needed two minutes of just robotic voices saying things. I can't even understand. Like I've tried to find lyrics to see whatever the secret message is on this particular song. I don't know what that is like. Yeah. But like, it, I don't think there's any better way to even say it other than like, you probably won't be able to find them. They probably don't want you to know what it says either. Like, I, yeah. I guess it's part of the meaning of the album is that like part of it just needs to be obscured. Yeah, it, it's just it finishes off that kind of like first half and then or the first two thirds. Yeah, or, yeah, the first the two thirds. Excuse me. Correct. And just kind of lets you put it at at ease. And then we go into Anhedonia. <laughs> <laughs> And nothing is at ease anymore. <laughs> yeah, so for those that don't know, uh, Silent Planet is a Californian band. And if you don't know about the California wildfires, I myself am a Californian, and uh, my heart we goes out. We mistakes. <laughs> you know, from, uh, from uh, you know, gender reveal parties and pyrotechnics that burn down half a state. Uh, yeah, that, that's fun. Way to announce it's a boy. But yeah, uh, so... Garrett, uh, his hometown, I believe, is just north of Los Angeles. I do not remember exactly where. Isn't it in Pomona? Yeah, Pomona. Yeah, it's Pomona. I don't know where that's at, though. It's just north of Los Angeles, basically. Yep, all right. Well, <laughs> I was right. Anyway, um, so Pomona burned down. Uh, that was that was a whole thing that happened uh, during 2020. Uh, so Garrett was struggling, struggling with that, and then he wrote, I believe he wrote Anhedonia in, like, one sitting. Jeez. Yeah, he Good just for him. He literally I, I saw like a tweet where he just put on like the actual like he just put it on like his his like phone notes and it said this is the inspiration for uh Anhedonia and it was just a picture of the lyrics, just two of them. Then it was a picture of the actual smoke from the wildfire and a topographical map of mm-hmm. California. And then it was just a picture of Trump and I was like, Got it. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Yeah, I I really like this song. Um, like the beginning. Oh man, the, the beginning verses. 
uh, just like the somewhere beneath the Angry. medicine that plagiarized my sleeve. They try, they try to keep me numb, but I'll break the silence now because there's blood on my lips from biting my tongue. And then it just goes into this like just demolishing guitar riff. Paradise yeah. was lost in the chaos as the heavens turned to black, vapors in the valley amassed to coronate the thieves who lit the match as charlatans forged miracles. The people placed their faith in false idols. And once again... <sighs> yeah, coming back to that line from uh, The Sound of Sleep where he talks about like God, like bowing down to gods that are only there to spin your spine. Like There is no better way to describe the exact feeling of him watching his hometown burn down other than that. Yeah. Like... Yeah, th- th- this song is definitely one of the more experimental songs on the record, just with the the stylistic kind of uh, feel to it. There's the yell screaming too. Yeah, it, it it's just it's so good. I love this song so much. Oh, uh, it's. I want to say that this is again like tied for like my second, because this song is just, just beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. All right, from there we go ahead into till we have faces. Oh boy. It's just. Silent Planet Exception, since Silent Planet is based off a C.S. Lewis novel. Yeah. Until We Have Faces is based off of a novel <laughs> written by C.S. Lewis. Yeah, so this this album, this uh, album, this book in particular, Until uh, We Have Faces, is about uh, this, like, ugly, like, Greek mythological, like, god being in love with, like, Cupid. Um, I forget her name, though. I think it's Psyche. Um, yeah, so. Sure. <laughs> let's go with that. Yeah. Someone's gonna someone's gonna message you angrily and say that I got it wrong, um, and then I'm just gonna text back memes that have nothing to do with it because that's how I defer angry people is I just send memes. <laughs> Good idea. I I did a little bit of research on this one, but like not enough to know off the top of my head. But yeah, no. Uh, so this this is another case of like the opening lyric being amazing. Um, I stole the moon as my crown until the stars came down. I was the king of instability. No one can stop my rise. Bipolar moons align until the chemicals gave way to gravity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this one here is kind of like in the same vein as Terminal in terms of just like overall beauty and kind of just not as heavy for the album, which isn't by any means a bad thing. Like I feel like it does a really solid job of that. Um, Again, tongue in cheek though. This song is about death. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, that, that's it. Like literally, uh, what is what is? Let me let me find the line really quick here. Um, How can I survive yep. when the seconds infect my lungs? I can't inoculate or save myself when everything is built to spill. Hold us together when the fear tears us apart. That's a reference to the well from the night God slept. Um, lovers forever when you answer to the dark. And casually, Silent Planet fans are called lovers. Yeah. Connections. Yeah, yeah. Connections <laughs> with, yeah. with with the reference to the well, or like ask the dead because they won't lie. There's no antidote for time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's just Garrett being Garrett. Yeah, the, the the it's a great song. It's a good song to begin closing out the album uh, before it jumps into the uh, the final track, Iridescent, which is the title track. And this one is also on my like top list oh, on the dude. album. Um, I'm a huge sucker for like gang drumming, and if they released a photo of them recording the album, and they released them recording Iridescent in particular, mm-hmm. and it was all four of them, including their producer, just in a room, hitting like floor toms. Oh, I I respect that. I yeah, respect that so hard. That's that's how they open Iridescent is just them slamming on some floor toms. Like, is there anything better? No, there's not. 
Yeah, I, I want to talk about the opening lines here on this one. It's the, they're going to come for us to make us pure as bleach and permanent, sterile as the sheets under watchful filaments that won't go out. And if you felt a flickering, that was just my doubt. I found no space for faith between the rise and fall of your heart on LCDs. Formaldehyde, I'm dying inside, once brave, now petrified. We watched the veil descend again as wires were grafted into your skin. Intubated, you spoke with your eyes. The burning stare that kept me alive now calls to me to let you collapse. I brace for the end as we fade to black. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just so good. I know. I uh, Just out here like Edgar Allan Poe, eat your heart out because like this is just way better than creeping on your 13-year-old cousin, but... Yeah, this this is such a phenomenal song, like lyrically speaking, and that's really why it falls into my one of my favorites. Like this one here, just feels all of the feels. So, this song in particular that has a strange meaning to it, or at least that's kind of what the associated meaning got. Um, for those that don't know, Garrett recently got and also had to watch his dog Birdie die. Um, so Birdie had passed after only nine months after uh, because she was had an ongoing battle with a degenerative neurological condition called storage disease. The passing devastated Garrett and uh, Birdie's mother, Kay Dargan, uh, was there for the passing. And they quoted the line, as the moon waved her goodbye, I saw you in a thousand lights, eternity in a moment iridescent. Dang. Yeah, so uh, I didn't know that one going into it, that like iridescent, this... The actual track has now an associated meaning that he's talking about the death of his dog. Yeah. Like, it's such a weird way to close out the album because it's like, but, you know, he I went mean, John Wick on us, so I mean. Yeah, but at the same time, too, like, it, it's still like an album that reflects the rest of it, or the, the song that reflects the rest of the album really oh, well. Oh, yeah. And the final minute of this song is just otherworldly. Oh, like, dude. Garrett goes back into these crazy guttural low vocals. They are just going blistering fast, and then they just, oh man, it's so good. It's just the the so pull me back through the nightmare. I'd be I'd rather be fragile than forever alone. So pull me back through the nightmare. I'd rather be fragile than forever live forever alone. How can I be strong enough to let you go? Burning through a patchwork sky, you left on chariots of fire. I only know that you will go where only love can bring you home. So now that we've read all the lyrics to this song. Basically. <laughs> it's it's not that long, but like that's what they do is they always make their last track like two to three minutes long and they just go ham for it. Yeah, and they went ham for it. Like I, I, I really do like this song and I feel like it's probably one of the best uh title tracks for an album that we've discussed here on the podcast. Oh dude, absolutely. It is again, like I wanna say that now that we're kind of at the end here. I go back and forth between this being my favorite Silent Planet album. Maybe it's just because it's new and fresh to me still. Mm -hmm. um, I've listened to it like maybe 15 to 20 times in that ballpark range since Roughly it came same. out. And like it's it's so good. But like I want to say this probably – there's a difference between like a personal favorite and what is considered the best in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I would say this is their best album. But my personal favorite might still be The Night God Slept. But, like, mm. it's such a close contender that, like, you have to give it a couple months for me before I can... Of course. But that is going to wrap up the track-by-track -track breakdown on Iridescent by Silent Planet. And what we like to do here is we like to go ahead and give the album our tentacle rating on a scale of 1 to 8 tentacles. So, Christian, we'll go ahead and give you the start off there uh, on a scale of 1 to 8 tentacles. Where you at? So, when I first heard this album, I was at about, like, a 6 or 7. 
I knew Trilogy, like, there's a couple tracks on there that was, like, literally a strong eight already, like Trilogy, for instance, or Terminal, which is just beautiful tracks in general. So in a first impression, I want to say, like, a seven, but, like, it, it took the cake for me and became an eight once I started doing research about, what we'll, like, what went into it and what was getting out of it. Mm-hmm. I always knew that if, it's, if it's, it's a Silent Planet album, they didn't slack in any department whatsoever, but, like, they went all out. And for them to go all out in general when they're a band that is already this good, like I, I have a list of like my favorite bands and like I, they're always drifting between my two to like two to three to four range. And then it's like, they, they might've solidified themselves at two after this. Respectable. Yeah. For this one here on me, it, I was kind of in the same boat where I was kind of more leaning towards like a six or seven, but then like the more and more I analyze it, the more and more I realize that there's really not a track that I want to skip on this album. Never. And while like the sound of sleep is a more forgettable track for me, I still don't want to skip it because I still enjoy listening to it. And that that's why this album is going to fall at an eight for me. And uh, for those who want to know, Matt put it at a five and I don't know his reasoning. I'm sure we'll get that next week, but uh, we, we know he's wrong. He is wrong. <laughs> I, Matt, I will find you. And I will kill you. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, so that is going to wrap it up for a Silent Planet Iridescent. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. Uh, but at this point, we like to go ahead and go into the hidden track where we talk about something unrelated to the uh, album we just discussed. So, Christian, again, as the guest, why don't you go ahead and uh, let us know. What do you got for your hidden track this week? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really bring anything to talk about. But I am in a band called OK at Best. You can actually find us on Instagram. Uh, let me just find our handle really quick. But we play a lot of like emo, punk, and hardcore and things like that. Um, we should be releasing music relatively soon. Uh, our our handle is OK, uh, O-K-A-Y, uh, underscore, at best, A-T-B-E-S-T. All righty. Uh, yeah, this week I wanted to bring up the Hammerfall uh, re-release that they had done. Uh, give me one second here in my refused to uh, accept my face uh so they they released the uh, renegade 2.0 which is a 20-year anniversary edition of uh their original renegade album uh the album was phenomenal the they just really upped the the mix on this so this is released uh november 12th on nuclear blast it's the same hammerfall album that i loved i, I didn't love it 20 years ago because that was when i was like six but I, it's the same hammerfall album that i really did fall in love with and it's a phenomenal one it still has like the the solid songs like templar of steel keep the flame burning the way of the warrior the champion raise the hammer and let him reborn um if you're a fan of kind of like that 80s power metal hair metal kind of style really kind of in the vein of like ronnie james dio and those kind of things it's a phenomenal album ready for you go check it out yeah, but that is going to do it. I do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us. Uh, you can find us on a variety of social medias. We are available on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, and on uh, TikTok, all at Tentacle Bop. Uh, be on the lookout, I guess, for Twitter at some point so I can start beef with bands and whatnot, and Matt can start beef with bands. and Yeah, we're going to do that. Uh, you can also uh, like, rate, and subscribe to us on basically anywhere that you get a podcast, so whether that be Apple Music, uh, on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Facebook Podcasts, Last FM, and um, there's so many different ones anymore that I can't keep track of all of them. If you can find a podcast on it, you can probably find Tentacle Bop on it. Basically. Uh, so we do appreciate it. If you like, rate, and subscribe, that helps us keep doing what we're doing and uh, gives us a purpose. But that is going to do it for this week, so we do appreciate it, and we will see you later. You, you, you
you got to say bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs>